think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the desert. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to join again for another chance, another opportunity to just truly talk about the love of Christ, talk about leadership, servant leadership. This month, we have been delving into Proverbs 31, looking at the attributes of Proverbs 31 women. And what better way to do that than to have servant leader? Jennifer Williams with us today. I'm super excited about this one. I try not to be biased, but I've been for a while. We've become family, and I appreciate that just the person that she is, a long line of athletic attributes and resume, a player like we talked about, past athletic director, but now she is the chief development officer for USA Basketball. Super excited just to talk to you today, but one of the biggest things, she's a servant leader. So I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners, and we can go ahead and get this conversation started. Thank you so much, Coach Chelsea. Um, It's an honor to be here to speak with everyone and just to share my testimony, um, my stories, and um, just share that with you all, especially with it being International Women's Day. Um, When we set this date, had no idea that, I mean, it's been a crazy (laughs) month or two months, so didn't know that this was the day. So I just feel like um, just very fortunate to be here to share with everyone and um, Please ask questions. I'm very, I'm a very transparent person. I believe in uh, keeping it real, maybe keeping it too real. So um, definitely, please feel free to uh, ask questions. And no, for sure. And absolutely happy International Women's Day to everyone out there. I think that more than anything, it gives me such pride to watch that, right? I think one of the biggest things that hits me, I've always appreciated um, just amazing, strong women, just the coaches that pass through here watching what they do but it even hits home more now that I am a mom of a a woman in 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 raising and in progress right and so when you all hear me say that I thank you for leaving footprints for her to follow I truly do mean that because you all are history in the making for her and every time I see this and you know post and watch coaches and watch everyone do these things I know that Years from now, she's going to look and say, oh, my gosh, that happened that way. And I'm saying, yeah, boo. And I remember I talked to her. I did that. So when I say all for him, that's what I mean. So I thank you for that, you know, and talking about International Women's Day and talking about Women's History Month. One of the things that I love and Christ gave this to me, that Proverbs 31, right? We always talk about that. I hold my mom in a highest regard because that's something she's always reared me and my sister by. And so when I mentioned Proverbs 31, there's so many attributes in there. For those that aren't familiar passage, I charge you to go take a look at that, male and female. But what I want to ask you, Jennifer, I want to talk about your role right now, right? Chief Development Officer of USA Basketball. That, of course, naturally has twofold, right? I was talking about this with every speaker we've had so far. 
we are in the corporate world, we're in the professional world, but we also are women, Proverbs 31 women in leadership. How do you balance both, right? Because we know sometimes decisions that you have to make sometimes may not always agree with what your moral compass talks about and your Christian compass talks about. So how do you make sure that your 31, Proverbs 31 womanhood attributes reflects that in your position? Wow, that's a that's a great question. Um, with me, it's always about um, giving God the glory, keeping him at the forefront of everything I do. Um, I talk a lot about purpose over popularity. Um, as a Proverbs 31 woman, you have to be an independent thinker and you have to, you know, think about what it would, what would the Christian thing to do? And so I've been blessed where I've been in uh, most situations where my values have aligned with the institution or the organization that I've worked at. And um, when I accepted the position at um, USA Basketball, I honestly felt as if God created the position for me. Um, I love being an athletic director. I love my student athletes, still keep in contact with them to the day. A couple of them just inboxed me probably an hour ago. And um, that was probably the hardest part, but I felt like it was a bigger calling. It was the opportunity for me to to affect change, um, you know, through the sport I love, basketball, on an international level, and to really be out there leading, um, leading for him, um, walking in my purpose. So um, I, again, I always, I I don't um, fold easily. I don't go with the status quo. Um, I think that's a big piece of being a Proverbs 31 woman is being that independent thinker, being confident in who God made you and being able to lead authentically and truly as you are. So, (laughs) No, I think that's amazing. And I think one of the biggest things that you said is that I literally am choosing my purpose over popularity. And that hits home, right? Because I tell people all the time, you're going to probably hear me say this. If you tune into the podcast all the time, you will hear this often. We cannot have positions, right? But forget who positioned us there. And I think we do that. When we lose who positioned us there, we lose our way, right? I'm on an assignment. I tell you, this is a purpose assignment. My titles are not what allows, I'm working for that servant, well done, okay? My title doesn't afford me anything. I remember who positioned me there. When you said that purpose of a popularity, that hit home. I think that's huge, right? And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this and I'm looking at Proverbs 31 and 30, okay? And it says that favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. What does that mean to you? When you hear that, what does that mean? Some people hear fear the Lord and they're like, uh, what does that mean when you hear that? No, that to me, again, it means keeping him at the focal point of everything that you're doing. You know, don't be swayed easily by things that look pretty, that things that may be the easy way. Um, to me, there's um, there's a test and a testimony. So you cannot have one without the other. And it's really, you know, being able to um, just to, uh, to walk in his purpose and know what that is. And it took me, um, I always knew that, it was, you know, I wanted to, I love helping people. I love helping people realize that their potential. Um, even when I was a young student, um, you know, in elementary school, I always believed in helping people, especially, you know, people that were less fortunate than me. And so that's kind of resonated into 
who I am. Um, there were people that told me, you know, I was a journalism major at Carolina, oh, work in television, you know, do this, do that. But I knew that God had a different calling for me. And I stepped outside, you know, I had a postgraduate scholarship through the WBCA, the Robin Roberts Sports Communication Award. And I stepped away from television to pursue my master's degree in sport um, administration, because I felt like that's where God wanted me to be impacting the lives of student athletes, especially the lives of student athletes at historically black colleges and universities, those deemed limited resources, because I saw firsthand the difference of what I had going to a power five institution as a student athlete versus what those student athletes at the HBCU, um, North Carolina Central is where I went to grad school, what they had. And so I wanted to focus and be able to provide those students through fundraising was my path with those opportunities I had at a power five institution. So again, being okay with walking away from what people may put on you or think is right for you, having the courage to do what you feel is right in your heart and what God truly has called you to do. You said so many things, right? And we're popping off in the chat because I, I feel that when we walk and we move, those things are huge, right? And as soon as uh, Coach Gunn, who's often on here, and shout out to him, uh, <laughs> just won uh, the state championship. I'm so proud of you, Coach. Also, congrats to you. But he always mentions impact. We always talk about that. And as soon as he mentioned it, that's what you placed there. And I think it's important, like you said, when we walk, we have to walk into our purpose. I tell people all the you know, I love Christine Kane. Anybody that listens to me knows Christine Kane, right? And she says, a lot of times we miss our assignment because we're in the wrong area code. Yep. Right? We miss our purpose because we want what glitters and what, what's gold. We don't recognize that there's a reason why God placed us there. And people will take a look at, okay, well, I'm looking at Jennifer and she's with USA Basketball, but they got to go back some, right? They have to pay attention and understand that that is Jennifer's purpose. That's not my purpose. And I need you to understand that I went through my purpose to get the assignment where he had me to be. So I think that when you mention that, I think that's amazing. And I think that everyone that's listening needs to understand that whatever God places us, we can make an impact. Our uh, coach Paul, he's on here. So he says, be where your feet are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I wanted to also point out, you talk about assignments. Assignments mm -hmm. change. Come on. So there are seasons for everything. And, you know, I know God put me um, as an athletic director, as an, uh, as an administrator, it, because it was my season to be there. It was my season for women, especially um, young girls, young ladies to see a woman leading as an athletic director and leading the way I want to lead, not what someone said was kind of the way an athletic director should look, dress, or talk. You know, I kind of deemed myself kind of the hip AD um, because, you know, I could connect and relate to the student athletes. I would tell them I would never ask you to do something I've never done. And I could still go out there and give them a double-double if needed to. No, I'm joking. But, uh, but in all seriousness, you know, I think it was that ability to be able to connect on their level and I just want people to understand that, hey, your seasons do change, but you have to be open and prayerful to be able to know when it's time to make that change. I think that's golden. And for those that, you know, definitely delve into the word and need to know that, you know, a really great scripture, Ecclesiastes, when you're paying attention at Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, we'll tell you there's a season. And I think that we have to ensure and make sure that when we are, like you said, on our assignment, they do change. And we have to recognize that one of the pieces that people have to pay attention to is to know your assignment, to know your purpose, you have to know who's given it. Yep. 
right? Sometimes I'm, I'm an educator by trade and my students, they'll have their bag and they start pulling out these assignments. And I'm like, well, was this yours? And I'm like, no, I didn't give you that. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know where I got this from. And so when you have an assignment, but you don't know who gave you the assignment, you're already on the wrong track, right? It's going to start with actually knowing whose we are. It's not about who we are. It's whose we are. And that comes from our practice and our study. So what I have for you is we definitely physically fit, right? We'll go to the gym. We try to eat right. We work to be mentally fit. You know, the hit thing right now is Wordle, okay? I'm, I'm killing the game. Just telling you that right now. I'm killing the game, right? But what do you do, especially right now when your plate is so full, what do you do to stay spiritually fit? That's that's a great question. I feel like there's not enough hours in the day. Um, I have a <laughs> yeah. year old and I have a one-year-old. And so, you know, it's a lot. But um, what I found myself doing recently is I get up a lot earlier than I normally would. I'm not an early person at all. I have never been. Um, 6 a.m. workouts used to kill me as a student athlete. But now I find myself getting up at like 4.30 in the morning just to have that quiet time with him, you know, just to be able to talk and meditate and really just, you know, be one with our, you know, with God and, and to, so I can have that stillness, you know, when you have little kids, it's just, you don't get any time. I can't even go to the bathroom without my son trying to come in. Listen, <laughs> I mean, I just, my privacy is just not there. So I have committed to getting up you know, kind of this routine where I'm up at 430, I'm able to meditate and pray and really talk to God. And then I go work out because to me, that's a part of, you know, my spiritual journey. It helps me also just clears my mind. And it's another way and avenue for me to stay connected. So that's kind of what I've been doing um, as of late. <laughs> no, I think it's perfect. And I think more than anything, you know, like my grandma used to always say in the word says, you have to study to show that self-approved right? And so people hear me saying this all the time, you know, we laugh and joke, but it is the truth, right? When that storm comes, we can watch a weather report and the meteorologist and all those things, but even they are wrong, right? Storms don't give you appointment. They don't say, hey, Jennifer, look, on Wednesday, is that good to go ahead and <laughs> the storm? Like, we wish, right? Yeah. So be prepared. But the fact of the matter is, we're often going to be blindsided when the storms of life are raging, right? And so my grandma and my mom used to always say, baby, you got to keep a scripture in your heart. You make sure that when those storms of life come, you don't go grabbing and trying to figure out, oh my goodness, where's the shelter? You know, you can't be like the people when they tell us I'm down here in Florida, the hurricane's coming and we wait to the last minute to evacuate, right? <laughs> we sure that we're prepared all the time. I have some batteries. I got some flashlights. I have these things. I have non-perishable items in my, in my pantry. Mm -hmm. Those storms do come. And when they come, you do have to keep a scripture or scriptures in your heart that you can bring back to balance. That scripture is scriptures that when you've had a day, right? When you had a day like today, <laughs> right? When you're trying to run on fumes that bring you back to balance. Yeah, um, I, I'm big on the uh, on, on Philippians. So Philippians 4.13, I know that's a common, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Um, that's been kind of my go-to scripture since I was in high school. Um, just... You know, I just feel like if God is with me, I can't lose. And so um, that's just something I take with me every day. And, um, you know, also Philippians, um, you know, chapter four, verses six through seven, um, you know, don't worry. I'm, I'm a worry. I worry a lot just by nature. That's just me. It's, I guess it's a control 
person. Um, I like to have control. So I worry. So, um, you know, don't worry about anything. Instead, just pray about everything. And so that's why I've really been more intentional about praying because, um, you know, as I moved into a new role, um, my routine was different. You know, I was comfortable. I knew how to, knew what it took. I knew what I, my day-to-day looked like being an athletic director. But, you know, now I came back, I came in, back to kind of my roots of fundraising and development. And so, you know, um, you can be sometimes a little insecure or uncomfortable, but, um, and then worry about things that can sometimes be out of your control. So I, I believe wholeheartedly in Philippians um, 4, verses 6 through 7, you know, give your, give that, give it up to God, you know, he's going to take care of it and, um, you know, just continue to pray about it. I think those are huge. And I think more than anything, sometimes we get in the habit, like you say, of hearing some of those. And I heard somebody say, well, well, people use that a lot. I'm like, I don't care. The word is the word. And I want you to understand the, the commonality factor of scripture, right? If it's being used a lot, please understand right? Chris Singleton, he's amazing. He's a servant leader, speaker, uh, past MLB um, athlete, but he says this all the time. He said, we as Christians need to get so good in the word, right? If that's our lifeline, we have to be able to, whatever state we're in, know which scripture I can go run to. If I'm happy, which one I'm going to. If I'm sad, which I'm going to. If I need healing, which one I'm going to. He was like, because in order, you know what the adjustment of the weather is outside. So you know which coach you're going to go grab you know which umbrella you're going to go grab. So you need to make sure that whatever the facet may be, you know how to run to the word. And I think that's amazing. And I was going to add one more, Coach Chelsea. I think that, you know, when we're leading, whether we're head coaches, you know, athletic directors, it goes back to my purpose over population. Um, Galatians chapter um, 1, verse 10, it talks about, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Mm. And I just think that that really, that has resonated, that resonated a lot with me when I was an athletic director, because, you know, sometimes um, you were pulled to make decisions to me that were more political than having to do with the greater good of the student athlete or what to me my purpose was to be able to guide them and teach them um, and help them. And so really looking at Galatians, you know, um, chapter one, verse 10, um, that that really helped me a lot during my time um, as an athletic director. I think that's golden. I've jotted all those down to make sure that I can add them to, you know, my little storm preparation. That's right. <laughs> But I think that's amazing. I think more than anything, you know, especially people of leadership and coach, yo, she's a servant leader. She was definitely giving some people their flowers today on this day of uh, International Women's Day, but also talking about leadership and it's the times of the conference championships and paying attention and watching coaches as they come in, come and go. We watch them on social media, we're watching them on the TV right now, wins and losses come through and all these things. But we have to make sure that we don't forget the whole purpose of our leadership positions and the wins and the losses. You know, there is definitely a reason for that. So I think that scripture is so important. And we have to remember that. Like we we have to remember that at the end of the day, no matter what my title is, I'm a servant leader. And regardless of how I'm feeling, Regardless of the outcome, I have to remember that I'm still on an assignment, like you said. So I think that's golden. Yeah. Golden. You know, I'm laughing because prior to coming on, I hope you don't mind me sharing. You know, you got to be a mom. And my, we do mom things, right? I know that now, y'all. We do mom things. And so, of course, doing mom things sometimes leaves us tired, right? And I laugh because in that Proverbs 31, it talks about, of course, naturally, she definitely sometimes has to be up at night right? Making sure that she's in preparation. And so in those moments, we talk about preparation though. 
I'm often reminded by the word that faith without works is dead. And sometimes in leadership, we can get to a place where we feel I've arrived, right? We can feel like I've plateaued, I'm good. There's nothing else that I need to gain or learn, right? But in that word where it talks about faith without works is dead, we can have the faith, we can trust God, we can receive his blessings. But talk to us a little about as being servant leaders, what are some of the things you do to stay prepared, to keep your iron sharpened so you can sharpen my iron and everyone around you? No, that's, that's when you talk about preparation. Um, I'm big on that. It's a, uh, my coach, uh, Coach Hatchell, she always used to say the six P's, proper prior planning prevents poor performance. And I mean, she said a lot to me as a player, but that's one of the things that has just resonated f- with me for almost 20 years. And um, I believe on, I, I like to, she always talked about also making yourself uncomfortable. That's when you really become that leader. You know, it's okay. It's, some people feel like it's okay to stay in your comfort zone. I think when you see greatness is when you step out of your comfort zone. It was scary for me to leave what was comfortable to me being an athletic director. But again, I felt like God called me to the position I was at. The timing was there. But it was scary because I was going into a position that was fairly new. It was newly created. Um, it revolved around raising money. We're still in a pandemic. And so, you know, I had to really, you know, I, I, but I, I was comfort, I was confident in my ability. I was confident in how God bought this position to me because not only was it bought to me, one well, it was bought to me a second time. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I just believe in, in making sure you're not that you're always looking for the next best thing, but always being willing to learn. And, and, and being a lifelong lifelong learner to me is key in being prepared um, because, you know, I tell people all the time, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I didn't go to Alabama State wanting to be an athletic, the athletic director at Alabama State. I knew it was my goal to be an athletic director by 40, um, but I didn't go there saying, oh, I want to be the athletic director at Alabama State. But, um, you know, through different circumstances, I was elevated to interim athletic director. And we had bare bones staff at the time, but I figured out a way to get it done and to not lose a B and was, you know, elevated to the permanent AD where we had great success. But it's because I knew when I set goals that, hey, I want to be an athletic director. I put myself myself in situations to learn from other athletic directors so that when it was my time, I would be ready to step into that position and lead. And that doesn't mean having to have everything figured out. That's why you pray. That's why you have a tight circle of people you can call and get answers from. Um, You know, and I had that. I had people because I am a good person. I had people wanting and willing to help me be successful in my role. And to me, that's what it's all about. Your work is going to speak for itself. You can be in a position, but you still have to do the work. People talk a lot about, oh, you know, if you go to an HBCU as an administrator or as a coach, you're going to get stuck. I've never believed in that. When I was at DePaul University and people were like, well, why are you leaving DePaul, the largest Catholic school, endowment is crazy, you know, city of Chicago to go work at North Carolina A&T in Greensboro, North Carolina? A, because it aligned with my path to be an AD by 40. And B, it was my purpose because I always, working at HBCUs has been near and dear to my heart. I would have probably gone to an HBCU out of of high school if I would have been recruited. And that's why I tell my coaches, you got to shoot your shot. I was a McDonald's All-American, but if a HBCU coach 
would have come, I, I wanted to go. I went to a private high school. You know, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. So again, you know, you have to step out on faith. You have to trust in his word and that he knows, you know, what your purpose is. And so that's what I did. Um, you know, when I left DePaul and went to work at, you know, an HBCU um, and the rest is history. I'm glad I did because I would not have been an athletic director by my goal of, of 40 if I had not stepped out um, of my comfort zone. I think that's golden. And I think you said so many things in there. I'm telling you, I always do this, right? You know, I, I, y'all say things and it makes my mind go left. And there's so many unpacked things in there that you said. Um, the first one that stuck out to me, you said you have to have a community of people that you can go to, right? And a lot of people have a different name from them. Uh, Coach Cabrera Huff, who's on here often, he always calls it his uh, board of directors. Mm-hmm always say who's occupying the seats at your table, right? Because here's the thing, we've all been invited, right? To the cookout. We've all been invited to someone's house, right? And so we all know those people that just come, but they don't bring anything. And that is the same thing in our, in our lives. We have some people that if you do a survey, what are they bringing to the table? Who's sitting around you? What are they bringing, right? The, the biggest thing I saw I, maybe a couple of weeks ago, one of my assistant coaches uh sent this to me and it was huge. It said, who are the pallbearers in your life? And I was like, oh my goodness. And then I started seeing everyone on social media because I think everybody was impacted. Who are the pallbearers in your life? We know what pallbearers are. Who's holding you up? And again, when you exit out of here, who are those people that you're gonna say, these are the people I want to hold up? Well, what are they doing while you're here? I think that was amazing. That was key. The other portion that you said is you said, if I, I don't have to worry about it if I know I'm gonna pray on it. Yeah. But one of the things about that prayer and that faith is going back to we have to know him, right? And so, of course, naturally, everyone's journey to Christ is different. Some of us started young, you know, that was me. If, if the doors were open, I was in there. That's just kind of how it went, right? 100 men in black and white, usher anniversary, church anniversary, I was there, right? But some people, they find him a little bit later in life. Can you talk to us a little bit? bit about as my grandma would say how did you learn to know for yourself (laughs) so so, um I actually um I was in church as a young as a young child Um, my grandfather is a past was a pastor um he had a church on the west side of Detroit um my mother's parents you know they had us in church uh with a vacation bible school I always looked forward to that um but when I say I really did not I was in church but I really didn't know or really kind of delve into the word until probably my going to my junior year in college. Um, it's always been me, you know, within me, my, you know, I, it was always instilled in me about church and, you know, being a believer and I, you know, I believed it, but in terms of me accepting it and really kind of delving into the word and, 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 and walking, you know, and walking the, the walk, um, it was really going into my junior year in college. Um, I had a lot of, um, trials <laughs> that I dealt with, um, that year. Um, I had, I was not playing. Um, I got benched as a sophomore, played a lot as a freshman, was ACC rookie, you know, the week, multiple times, um, six woman, and then just got benched as a sophomore. And I was, I was really depressed. Um, I didn't know what depression was at that point, but now that I look back on it, I was depressed, um, wanted to leave, you know, 
Carolina, um, just all over the place. And um, there was a church called Kings Park, non-denominational church that kind of opened up. And my teammates and I, my room at the time was very, very um, grounded in the word. And I think God put me as her roommate for a purpose because she wasn't initially my roommate. And um, I get choked up, but yes, um, that was a tough time in my life. And I just started going to church and um, amazing things happened. I just, I can't explain it, but um, it was an amazing thing started moving in my life. And I started focusing on what I can control and really just praying about different things. And um, things just changed. Like when I say God is real, like it just changed. Um, you know, I went from not playing. It wasn't even about the playing. It was like, I went from not playing to being a captain to making my mile time, which I could not make a mile to save my life. I'm not a, I'm, I'm a sprinter. You know, I don't believe that athletes and call the coaches on here. Y'all got y'all bigs out there on that track. <laughs> Stop it. No, I'm joking. But I just, you know, I could not make that seven minute mile. And it was just like, but I, I started making, I made my mile. I, I, I controlled what I can control. I changed my attitude. And that was directly for me going to church, starting to get the word and just being around like-minded people, you know? Um, and again, I became a captain. I started probably from conference play all the way until I finished. So it was just a remarkable turnaround. And I am just, you know, thankful for that experience because that was kind of, you know, really when I started, um, you know, just my, just when I found, um, you know, God and just going to, to church and, and being in the word. So um, you never know when it'll happen. Um, and that's one of the things, but I'm just thankful that again, my roommate at the time was put in my life because it really, to me was because of her that, um, that influence and her support and, you know, her encouragement that really kind of helped me get through a hard time um, in, during my collegiate um, experience. I think that's so huge, right? Um, because more than anything, one, I thank you for your transparency in that. I think, two, we often miss the value we have in impacting other people. There goes that word again, right? Yeah. And so in that, I'm so thankful because you never, like the word says, let your light so shine. Mm -hmm. Men and women can see your good works, right? But not for your fame and fortune, not for your immediate gain but they can glorify my father that's in heaven. And I think that's so amazing because that roommate had such an impact on you and what I would call a valley moment, right? Yeah. I call my valley moments, my mountaintop moments. And so in that, she had such an impact on you just from simply, I'm sure, being who she was mm -hmm. and the one who loved Christ and you, you paid attention to it. And I think that and when we talk about serving leaders, right? called us to be to be light to be light so those that may not know can find them and I think that's amazing and I thank you for sharing that with us yeah no I mean I just um it was just such a impactful moment in my life um you know when you look at when people want to give up um and you know I just um I never dealt with any a situation like that I've always been a star you know I've always been used to so that's hard when that stardom is taken away from you and mm -hmm. how you react and um you know just by having her as that support 
system and her just kind of showing me the way and, and not judging, um, you know, that was, that was, it was important. And it, it really helped me kind of my trajectory for my collegiate career. It changed it. You know, I went from just not playing as a sophomore to playing and to being mm-hmm. a coach captain for two years. And, you know, to my coach who I, at one time I felt like we just would never see eye to eye, you know, really advocating for me once I graduated. Um, I remember I needed a recommendation letter from my job, um, for the job I applied for at North Carolina A&T. And she was at ACC Media Day. And, you know, I reached out and I had it within, you know, like five hours. And so, you know, it's things like that where, you know, when there may be times you don't feel like people, you know, have your back or really care about you. But, um, you know, it as you develop and mature and maybe look at things more in a Christ-like lens, you can see that that person or persons have always had your back. You just had blinders on. It wasn't. Mm. That's huge. And I hope now and later when our student athletes are paying attention to that, right. That is something I'm definitely gonna be like, hint, hint my kids. I (laughs) definitely point that out. Right. But even in life, I think, you pointed out something amazing, right? There is a rise and there's a fall. Mm-hmm. There's mountaintops and there's valley moments. There's story moments and there's glory moments. I say this all the time. I was talking to coach uh, Patty Medina on the first day of this. And I said, it's so funny. We could take 50 selfies, but we're only going to post the best one. <laughs> it worked that way, right? Like, you know, like, uh-uh, the light went good on that when my angle went bright. Let me tilt my head. Right. <laughs> But in life, that, that, that's just not it. And so often our transparency in um, being servant leaders is our transparency that helped those to find him, right? And so when my job is good, when my life is good, when things are in line, mm-hmm. we're all going to be good. But there's going to be moments where those valleys come. Moments we have to recognize that he's still good right? He's just working. Like you said, there's a season to every assignment. So he's working to transition our seasons and our assignments. So I thank you for pointing that part out. The sponsor for this episode is Hydronique Hydration Electrolyte Powder Drink Packets. It started in the midst of a pandemic. The founder of Hydronique Hydration, a frontline healthcare worker, started developing constant headaches due to the constant wearing of PPE, research showed. The founder looked for a healthy drink with all the necessary vitamins and minerals, but with no sugar, something that was keto-friendly and healthy. But most powdered drinks on the market have a ton of sugar and caffeine. That's why he created Hydronique Hydration. It's sugar-free, keto-friendly, plant-based, antioxidant-rich, electrolyte powder packets for daily use. It contains all the essential vitamins and minerals with a refreshing taste. There's products that contain elderberry, which has immune-boosting properties for support during cold and flu season. So if you are having trouble with eating and drinking healthy during your busy day in 2022, but you want a sugar-free, keto-friendly vitamin drink, give Hydronique Hydration a try. There are 30 electrolyte powder packets in a pouch, perfect for a one-month supply. You can visit the website www.hy d-r-o-n-i-q-e hydration.com that's www.hydronikehydration.com it's the words hydration and unique matched together or you can search for hydronique hydration on amazon.com where they are offering a discount coupon at checkout for the next week you can find the links in my bio go now and get yours today hydronique hydration
Yeah. And I tell people, don't let this social media stuff fool you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you never know what somebody's going through. And, um, you know, we're seeing that more with, you know, students, especially student athletes crying out, you know, with, for mental health and for health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at the young lady who, um, from Stanford, you know, that, that really hurt my spirit and I didn't know her, but I became a fan of her when mm-hmm. they came to Carolina in a national championship game. I loved her spirit. I loved her energy. And, you know, to see someone so young, um, you know, we just have to, to teach our student athletes and, and, uh, and, and young professionals and adults that don't let the student, don't let the social media fool you. You still have to be grounded um, in your faith and your beliefs um, because everything's not a smile. Like you say, everyone, you're those angles, those selfies, you know, it can be a facade at times. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I say, check in on your strong people, your strong friends, check in on your not so strong friends, just check in on people. You know, just just check in on folks. I totally agree. And before I proceed on, um, I have a few more for you, but I just want to ensure uh, that my friends in here, uh, if you have anything that you want to kind of throw at uh, Jennifer, uh, you can do that now. There's no rhymes in a hand. Just unmute yourself and do that. I'll give you a few seconds. <laughs> okay, cool. Because, you know, typically I'll run and run and run and they'll be like, I mean, chills, like, you know, and speaking in, in that and what we're talking about, right, this is, of course, the Proverbs 31, women in leadership, where we're paying attention to that and how we lead as godly women, but overall, just godly people and believers. You're a wife, you're a mother, right, in the midst of a professional realm. Can you talk about how you're able to, uh, Brittany Zell, she her, she always now has changed my perspective in that now, right? And she was like, there isn't a balance. <laughs> You're right. But can you talk a little bit about how you lead as a Proverbs 31 woman, as a wife, as a mother, professionally, and ensuring that you take care of home as well, but exude that when you walk out of the door? Yeah. Um, first of all, there isn't a balance. It's work-life integration. <laughs> right. I believe integrating. And um you know, it's, I don't have it figured out, um, but, you know, again, I, I look at it in this order, you know, faith, family, and then kind of everything else falls and, you know, I'd say career, um, but you got to keep the faith, um, you know, your, your spiritual realm, just keep that at the forefront and, um, you know, communication, um, checking in with your, being present, you know, that's a lot, that's to me a reason why a lot of women um, are leaving the profession, you know, it's hard, you know, especially if family is a value to you. That was a reason I was scared to even go in and pursue being an athletic administrator, because at the time when I started, I didn't see women um, who had, you know, who were married, who had partners, who had families. I didn't see that. Um, It seemed like it was a very lonely place. And um, you're seeing it more now. And that's why I'm glad that, you know, I'm able to be in this role. But when I was coming, you just didn't see it. And coaching to me is a whole nother level of time commitment. Um, You know, kudos to the coaches on the call, because the amount of work and sacrifice and time you spend raising, because you're raising other people's kids is phenomenal. And um, I'm grateful as an administrator to each of you all. I pray for my coaching friends and administrators every night, um, especially during COVID, because it's really, really hard. I'm sorry, my husband, speaking of family, my husband <laughs> over here 
I'm about to see this is why you got it, but you gotta keep the humor too. I wish I could have just seen when he did find it. <laughs> That's part of it too. But um, I don't have my ear pods too. That's what I was telling Coach Chelsea at first. So um I, I sent him a text like, hey, don't come up here acting inappropriate now. But no, but um, you know that's why he came, right? Yeah, I know, right? You gotta keep it fun, you gotta, you know. Um, be present, being present with your family. I tried to always, as an athletic director at the games, my daughter, I felt like ASU probably kept me around because they love my daughter so much. Um, she grew up on their campus, we called her Harper the Hornet. And, um, you know, she, she truly was immersed in everything um, ASU. Um, it was hard, again, making this move because I was worried about how she would react because she's used to going to all the games. She's used to traveling with me. Um, that was one thing when I had kids, people told me to bring your kids and get them on your schedule, not the other way around. So I took my daughter with me where, you know, it was appropriate and, you know, I could have her and the same with my son now that I'm in another role, but, um, you know, you, you talk to your family. Um, I really believe family over everything, but faith, family, and then career is kind of how I got, you know, that's kind of how I lead and manage that piece of it. And I'm transparent with my supervisors too. It's also about working at places that align with your core values because mm-hmm. I've been blessed at every place I've been to that family was a value of either the athletic department, the university or the organization. And if I ever had an inclination that that was not the case, I would not have taken the job because to me, that's just non-negotiable. If I can't have my kids, if I'm feeling uncomfortable for be having to leave early because things happen with children, you know, I, I would, I just wouldn't work there. And so I've been blessed in that regard where I'm able to vet places um, and that my bosses have all been understanding to, um, you know, family and, and what that means. I think that's golden. I think that last piece is huge, right? Because so I don't want to say so often, right? I don't want to put that on people, but there are times where we meet at a fork in the road. But I think that we wonder why things don't go well or why things aren't going well. And it's like, well, do they align with your core values? Why yeah. am I running into so many things before I accepted yes to this position? Did I want the flash and lights or did, I, did it align with what God called me to be? And it goes all the way back to what you said, those assignments. Yeah. Right. We can look at these titles and they flashing everything. But is that my area code? Is yeah. that my code? Is that my assignment? And we have to make sure that we choose an obedience over what we want the world to see. Yeah. And, and we talk about having humility, too. You know, mm-hmm. it was hard. I was a boss. I was leading a department. I walked away from that to go work for someone else and to not have that quote unquote glitz and glam of being an AD. But again, it goes back to what my purpose is, what my assignment is right mm-hmm. now. And you have to be okay with that. And you have to understand what your calling and your role is in the moment. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, you can still lead. Um, and, and I believe in managing up. I've always done that to any boss I have. Um, you know, that's, that's a big um, part of making your CEO, your supervisor, your university president, your AD look good. You always want to make sure that you're managing up to them. And so um, being, um, having that humility and having that understanding of, again, timing, when the time is and what's your next assignment. Again, we keep talking about that. To me, that's really huge. Yeah, I think it is. And I think that's why it keeps coming up in theme because I, you know, literally he's ordained that, I guess. Somebody need to hear that. Not, I guess, somebody needs to hear that. And especially in this time 
We already know that even though this is in the season, it's championship times, it's March Madness. We also know at the end of every season what starts happening too, right? These job titles, you know, whether we want to or not, they begin to change, right? Some on the better end for others and some not so much. But the fact of the matter is those assignments are ordained and we have to remember that. So I, I think it's perfect that you pointed that out. You know, of course, as we kind of start to wind this one up, and, and, and focusing on that Proverbs 31, woman in leadership, right? And it's so funny, you all bless my soul today. Um, I, you know, it just kind of, God is, everybody knows me. I do that God is devotional. I just really do think that much like the scripture being in your heart, it kind of helps keep you balanced, right? We know what he is, but so often when times get hard, we forget what he be. We forget that he did it before. My pastor, I always say, when I think back, I can thank him. He don't say think. He said, when I think back, I can thank him. And I think we do that when things are great. We're on the mountaintop, like I said before, where it's easy to say, God is good all the time. All God is good. But I need you to understand that even when things don't feel good, he's still good. Right? Yeah. A waiting period is still, still good. Come on now. Yeah. Come on now. That's it. He never leave you. He never forsake you. But it is hard to believe that and feel that in our in our valley moments. And so one of the things that I love to do, I do what's called my God is devotional. And I, sometimes I'll write it, sometimes I say it, but I wake up, I thank him, and then I'll just say God is. And it's my challenge every day to continue to just run that list longer than the day before about what he is, what he isn't, you know, because sometimes we miss that, that blessing. Yeah. We thank him for what he also is not. Yep. You know, we always say, thank you for doing this and doing this. I want to thank you for what you blocked. Yeah. It was for me, you know? So you don't get a running list though. (laughs) So if I said God is, and I drew a line in the sand, that's why I tagged you today on Twitter. (laughs) I drew a line in the sand. How would servant leader Jennifer Williams fill that blank? God is what? I would say God is real. Come Um, on now. And I know it firsthand. I was, I was in an accident. It was crazy. I was uh, 25. I was heading to one of my teammates' um, wedding in Asheville, North Carolina. So going on I-40, um, in my truck, speeding. Tires were bad. I didn't know anything about cars, so my tires were probably busted. It's raining. I hydroplane across three lanes and come back and hit the median. Mm. But I didn't panic. I heard a voice to me say, "Stay calm. You're Point. going to be fine." Come on. At that point, I knew God was real. Like I could have been gone. Nobody was injured. I walked away with a busted lip, was in the wedding the next day. Like it, it, it was a calmness A voice came over me. So I know God is real. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we do lose sight of that during the hard times, but if you're testing and you've been through things, um, he's going to come through. You just have to really believe it. You really have to believe it. I think that's awesome. And, 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 and it really hit me and we meet in the same place, right? And I'm not going to prolong today's time, but we meet in the same place when you said that, when that still small voice speaks to you and it's nothing like it, right? Especially when it's never happened before, but then he uses it at a moment that's going to bring you closer to him and literally let you know that there was no one else, right? Yep. Kane always says, she says, impossible is where God starts. Mm-hmm. Are what God does. And he has come through in the impossible. Why? Because for some reason, we may think it was by our own mind. Well, you know, see, I turned the wheel this way and, it oh. kind of, you know, but he nope. showed up in a way 
that there was no doubt about it, him and him alone. I mean, sis, like I honestly, when I say a calmness, I'm hydroplaning across 40, like spinning. And it was a complete calmness. I did not slam on brakes. I just kind of relaxed. And, you know, it was like, stay calm. Everything's going to be okay. And I literally, I spun, hit the median, airbags deployed, checked everything. I was good, walked out, (laughs) you know, but it was that voice that came out. Like, you know, it was a voice. I just can't explain it. And I know it wasn't me. It was a, because I wouldn't be calm in that moment. You, I was trying to say, I know me. And, you know, even to today, I get a little nervous driving in rain, but mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. that calming spirit, that voice. And I was okay. They could have gone so many other ways and, you know, other people could have got hurt. That's what I was concerned about. I could have hurt others. And um, it was a blessing. A blessing indeed. And I thank him already. And I appreciate you sharing that testimony because again, glory moments but there's story moments and it's those story moments that connect people to let people say who who did you say did that who's this man maybe find a little bit more about this man who can do that right you know and I meet you there because many people know my, my testimony and if you don't we can we can holler at each other later or off you can always hit me up you know where to find me when you see me out there let me know but he healed me from a brain aneurysm wow and when the doctor's diagnosis came in, the first thing people said, why are you so calm? That's why they hit me that way. What, did you hear him? Why are you so calm? You're just laying there like this man said, I'm about to check you out. But I needed people to understand that in that moment, God told me, I got you. Got you. Or after this, and if you are obedient to me, I promise you, just be my mouthpiece and I got you. And that was my promise forever. Hence why y'all see me weekly. If you heal me, I'll be a mouthpiece. And he did just that. So when you talk about that calmness of him, that says that, he said, you know, when I walk through the valley of shadow death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he walks with me, right? He talks with me and he tells me that what? I'm his own. Mm-hmm. Come on here, gentlemen. Oh, and of course, This is the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, where servant leadership is at the forefront, the center, all angles around what we do. Truly working to see athletic professionals within a sports realm that we see every day. You turn on ESPN, there they go. Now here they end the Coaches Bible Study. Truly trying to work to make people know him, like you said, make people understand him and lean on him. So servant leadership, not just leading, but learning to lead like Christ are two words that take on so many different definitions. When talking about 30, 30, Proverbs 31 women and servant leadership, I'm going to ask you twofold. One, what does it mean to be a Proverbs 31 woman to you? And then what does it mean to be a servant leader? What does servant leadership mean to you? Yeah, so being a Proverbs 31 woman, um, to me, again, it means, you know, keeping God at the forefront, you know, keeping him as your guiding light and your driving force and um, just staying true to his word because it's laid out, you know, you just have to stay true to it. And then in regards to servant leadership, um, you know, I believe in my, my how I led or how I lead is um, I lead from a place of love and with integrity. And um, I've had my, you know, people try to test my integrity all the time, but, you know, keeping your why, which is him at the forefront and, 
I didn't lose any sleep. You know, I I don't lose any sleep when it comes to certain things that are non-negotiable because I have that, uh, my faith and, and, and and I know what's right when it comes to how to lead. And I do right by people. Being a servant leadership is taking care of your people. You got to take care of your people. I, I think that's where I see leaders go left is that they lose sight of the folks who, who they're serving, which is their staff. You know, you're ultimately serving your staff. It's your job as a leader to bring the best out of the people um, who you employ, who you manage. And um, to me that you have to make sure that you're taking care of your people, um, giving them opportunities so that they can go on and be an extension of your tree. Paying it forward is part of being a servant leadership leader. You have to bring people up with you and instill in them those um, principles, those values so that they can go out and, and plant their seeds and help others. So um, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of how I look at, you know, servant leadership and, um, you know, again, just protecting your folks and leading from a place of love and with high integrity. Golden. <laughs> it's golden. I, I do. I say it all the time for people that don't know um, the scripture that says it's easy. Anyone can find the dirt, but be the one to find the gold. And of course, naturally, when there's things and nuggets out there, we call them gems and fire bullets, but that's golden. I think that when we lead so often, when you lose that integrity, like you say, mm-hmm. lose the understanding that your servant leadership is truly about those that you serve. Yep. Um, servant leader Willie Spears, he says this all the time, be a foot washer. And when we lose sight of that, right, we also lose sight of the assignment. Yep. Place yeah. for a reason. See, that assignment word just keeps coming back up. But just, yep. We have to continue to serve our people and remember the people who we're serving. Golden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, that to me, that that's it in a nutshell. Um, you know, it, it is a really about the people and helping people to realize their greatness. Um, because if you show your staff and the folks you manage that you truly care about you, care about them, they're going to run through walls for you. Mm-hmm. They're going to make it their business to make sure you succeed and, to, and have success. And so to me, that's a non-negotiable Um you know, my staff and my student athletes, they knew I just had one of my student athletes. He's now in grad school at UNC. And he reached out to me and just told me, you know, we knew that you cared. You know, it was something we knew that you genuinely cared. And I think, you know, I want to, um, I want to charge all, you know, coaches and administrators to really try to connect with those you're serving. Um, mm-hmm. Again, to me, you talk about a player's coach, a player will go through a wall for a coach if they know that they care. And to me, that's the same way as an administrator. If your staff knows that you're going to go to bat for them, that you're going to have their back. um, Yeah, you may hold them accountable and you may get on them at times, but it's from a place of love. You want them to be better. But if they genuinely know that you're going to have their back and you care, they're going to to go out of their way to knock everything you give them out the park. And that's just how I've always um, laid it. (laughs) <laughs> y'all heard it all right here we go take heed <laughs> that's it now but I truly think that you're on the money not just with that but with everything that you have given us I'm sitting here with my notes I was trying not to turn the page real loud but I was already on the back of my page but I truly do want to thank you right I, I thank you so much because I've watched for a while and I think that that's the portion about being a servant leader that we miss people are always watching right? 
So when you watch the servant leaders and you know that they're doing exactly what you said, you know, like the song would say, walk it like I talk it. You truly do walk what you're now saying. You don't talk and then leave. You leave and then reflect. And I appreciate you for that because like I said, you're leaving footprints for Hendrix. You're leaving footprints for your own. You're leaving footprints for younger women coming behind you to say, I can do this because, hey, she did it too, right? When we can do that, isn't that what our assignment is? No matter what the zip code may be, that's what our assignment is as servant leaders. So I Thank you so much for your time. I know it's limited. I know that for a fact. So I thank you so much just for agreeing to come on and make us better. I thank you for just the gems that you dropped, the gold that you laid in the pot, um, and just for being the servant leader that you are today. I, I truly do appreciate you. Oh, well, I, I appreciate you, Coach Chelsea, um, just you using your platform and just having this opportunity for coaches um, to to come and hear from servant leaders and to just get better. You know, I believe in getting better. And, you know, while I may have dropped, dropped gems, you, you know, you dropped some gems and I took notes too. See, uh, I'm thank you. you know, <laughs> I'm taking notes. So I think, you know, we can all learn from each other. We just have to make sure that we're listening, um, that we're it. listening to each other and that, you know, we're trying to just get better. I believe in getting better every day. And so I appreciate you for what you do. Um, I know how it is having a five-month-old. I get it. Killing it. I don't want people to ever tell me, if you don't have you. kids, don't talk to me about being tired. So um, no disrespect. Respect. No, no, none at all. I get it. tired when you have some babies. So yes, um, sure. my little niecey Pooh Hendrix is adorable. And, um, you. you know, I, again, it's not just about women seeing women in these roles. Men have to see it too. Come on. Because, um, you know, that to me makes it easier when a woman is leading them that they can be more accepting to having a female lead. So um, yes. we're doing it not just for the ladies, but for the men too. And so um, I just thank you for having this platform. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Um, before you go, as always, um, for those on the call and of course you and for those that are listening and that will listen, I definitely want you all to bow your head so we can leave covered. All right. So Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much just for showing up once again. Help us to know that literally you lay this platform, you lay our positions, you lay the paths that cross. And so I thank you for these paths that have crossed today to allow servant leader Jennifer Williams to come on, Lord God, and just to speak about her journey, to speak about her gems, to drop the goal, Lord God, and also to be transparent, to help us to understand you more, Lord God, to help the person that doesn't know you find you, Lord God. I thank you for the tests that give us a testimony. I thank you for the mess that gives us the message, but I thank you so much, Lord God, that you give them to us. Help us understand that those that mess to give us the message isn't for us, but it's for that one that may hear and need to know you better. I ask that you touch her, touch her family, touch everything that extends throughout what she does, Lord God. Touch every servant leader that is on this call right now that may listen and that may listen on the podcast later, Lord God. But above all, I ask that you help us to continue to be lights so that those that may not know you can find you. In your son Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Amen. My favorite line of the podcast, and leader Jennifer Williams, you are now a part of the servant leader family. We welcome you in. We put a James Brown robe on you, <laughs> all that good stuff. And, and we just truly are working to elongate this thing to infiltrate the sports world in the mainstream finding god in all athletic professionals and servant leaders so thank you for adding to these ranks thank you for your word thank you for what you do and if there's anything we can ever do all you got to do is reach out
Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. We thank you guys for listening and we're going to see you all next time.